Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboats live stream, a veritable pirate's cove of misinformation and wrong think. And tonight will be no exception. I've been listening to all the hot takes on debt forgiveness and have yet to hear a single person accurately describe what's going on. And well, that's going to change tonight because we're going to walk through that. It's also been a rather um, amusing week in the crypto sphere. So we're going to touch on that. We're going to talk about BitBoy and the lawsuit and what I'm going to show you what I think is actually going on behind the scenes and the reason he's behaving the way that he's behaving. I think you'll find that very enlightening. Uh, Richard Hart scheme blocked me on Twitter. So we're going to touch on Hex a little bit too. And, uh, you know, there's a few other things, but we'll get to them. I want to start off tonight going uh, here to hear from the Speaker of the House of the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Nancy Pelosi, the Honorable Nancy Pelosi. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. Well, that's strange because Congress hasn't acted anything like that. He just went off and did it, and nobody knows how it's going to be paid for, but don't worry about that. Focus on the class warfare of the rich versus the poor. You can't have free college because the rich aren't paying enough of their money. That's what they're going to convince you of. And by the way, um, if you don't support this, you're a racist. <laughs> I kid you not. Let's hear from old Sleepy Joe here. I believe my plan is responsible and fair. Mm -hmm. It focuses the benefit on middle class and working families. It helps both current and future borrowers and will fix a badly broken system. Well, that, that sounds a little bit problematic. So if it's going to help current and future borrowers, then we don't even know how much this thing costs. But they're talking tens, hundreds of billions, maybe even close to a trillion dollars. Who knows? Do you not see what they're doing? There's no debt being forgiven here, folks. It's being paid off. Okay? So what is he actually talking about? How is it going to be paid for? Well, we're going to walk through that, but let me finish. Let him finish here. And these actions build on my administration's effort to make college more affordable in the first place. It includes unprecedented investments. Unprecedented investments. Yes, these are certainly unprecedented. Uh, what is happening? What is happening here that is... Uh, okay, let me just go on here. I will come back to it. No, okay. Let me go through this first. So how is this thing going to be paid for? Well, guess what, folks? They don't have the money for it. They're not raising any new taxes. They really have no idea. They can't answer the question of how any of this is going to be paid for. But, you know, just trust them and go along with it. Well, what does that mean? It means they're going to go and they're going to print up new money 
to pay for this because there's no debt being forgiven. It's being paid off. Who owns that debt? Did you think it was the government because it's the government student loans? Sorry, no, it's the big banks. It's the Chase and Bank of America and others that are benefiting from this program, which is nothing more than a subsidy for the large-esque colleges that want to continue growing and getting bigger and paying half million dollars to a professor for one year or an absolute ridiculous salary so that that gravy train goes on and on. And of course, the banks want to want people borrowing more, right? Because, hey, they get their money. They took and with the money that they made from the loan program and then went and lobbied re- the government. You know what the average return is when you spend a dollar or $100,000 lobbying the government? It's 72,000%. That hundred grand can turn into $72 million in revenue on average if you go and use it to bend the government in your favor, tilt the table in your favor. And so what did the big banks do? They went in there and they made it so that unlike every other debt, you can't discharge student loan debt via bankruptcy. You're stuck with it for your entire life. And then if you haven't paid it off, Uh, Well, they're going to go ahead and take it out of your social security because the banks are going to get their money because they've leveraged the government and bribed the government officials who, you know, by the way, they start off, come into Congress with, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe a few million or two. And within a few years, magically on a hundred and eighty thousand dollar salary, they acquire tens of millions of dollars. Somehow, it's so amazing. It just happens over and over and over again for all of these people that get into public office. They must be so lucky. Or they're just ripping us off and lining their pro- their pockets in the process. Do you think that's maybe what is going on here? So that money's going to be printed up, which means we all pay for it. The, the inflation that we're seeing now, that's Trumpflation. That's Trump spending hitting the market. We haven't even gotten to Bidenflation yet. That's coming next year. Don't worry. We'll be paying $10 a gallon for gas. Unemployment will be, uh, you know, record highs. A record number of bankrupt businesses will, will have shut, shut their doors and gone away. That's what's coming. That's where they're taking this. And this program is doing nothing but taking money from us, from dollar holders, because that's where the wealth is going to come from. It's, it's going to come from our loss in purchasing power and the inflation that we see all around us just getting worse and worse and worse. And it is accelerating and they know it and they are literally robbing us blind. That's what's happening here. That's why every other week, Ukraine's getting another emergency billion or, or two or three dollars of your wealth. Because that gets funneled through. Only 25% of the weapons are making it to the soldiers. Where do you think the rest is going? Why do you think you had just a, I think it was a house member in Ukraine. His, the, his wife crossed the border with five suitcases filled with millions of dollars in cash and euros. 
And that's just a low level lawmaker. <laughs> what do you think's going on here? This is just a heist of our wealth that they're using to a pay the banks. And they're going to tell us here in a minute how this is all about uh, helping the poor and taking from the wealthy when the reality is exactly the opposite of is happening. Tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars are going to be paid to the banks, which will serve to further inflate. And because it's an ongoing program, well, guess what? Now they're going to be able to count on it and say, well, I mean, normally you could only borrow 120,000, but now with the repayment uh, that you qualify for, we can make that 140. That's what they're going to do. And don't worry, the college, the professors, they will be there to suck that money right up into their coffers because that's all this is. These loans that have been guaranteed not based on any kind of market metrics are a disaster. They have created a college which hands out worthless $100,000, $200,000 art history degrees where congratulations, you now qualify to go get a $40,000 a year job at an art gallery. Well done. They know it's a scam. They don't want to fix it. Allowing bankruptcies would be a signal that, hey, uh, they're leading people astray here. This is kind of a problem. And <clears throat> in the process, they're taking and bribing that group for the election. Everything they're doing now is trying to bribe these groups. And this is where racism comes in. Okay. What does racism have Public to do with the high cost of college? Public college used to be debt-free, right here in America. Free, you say? When? We have funded public college, and we have experienced fully the benefits of a well-educated, talented workforce. Lift off. Oh, boy. Now, of course, it's showing factory workers. It's showing a sawmill, a couple sawmill operators. You don't go to college for a lot of those jobs, folks. In the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, millions of families were able... The 50s, 60s, and 70s. Okay. So they had to go back decades ago. ...to send their kids to college and be the first ones to graduate. And they did it debt-free. Debt-free. Wow, that sounds amazing. How did they do that? Well, if you look at this chart, this is showing us the inflation for the college, price of college. Down here... The next line way down, it's seven. It's running 7.45%, and that was 2010 numbers. Can you imagine what it is 12 years later? It's gotten even worse, folks. It's outpacing every other inflation, whether it's medical care, which of course is inflated because of all the government interference there. It's outpacing the housing bubble. You see that little bubble right there? That was 2007, 2008, where they pumped a bunch of money in and then collapsed the market and then bought up all the assets and further consolidated their wealth and power over us. That was a nice little bubble for them, wasn't it? And then down here at the bottom, if it was actually just keeping up with inflation, is 3.8. That's the CPI for all items. So you can see... The reason they had to go back to the 70s is because it's before 
this out of control, large ass college institutions started taking off and growing out of control. And why have they been allowed to do this? Why is the government backing this program? Well, because who comes out of college? The people that believe in net zero, the liberals, the people that want to save the planet and global warming is real and whatever else they want to indoctrinate them with. So it is a method of mass mind control that's used to tell the normies what they're supposed to care about, which aligns with whatever the government's true agenda actually is. We don't even know. I think we have a pretty good idea now. They want to kill most of us off. And that's what we're going through. And it's time we recognize that and realize that. The GI Bill for returning veterans was an investment in people that paid off for society $7 for every dollar that was invested. Oh, boy. That investment in making college virtually free for everyone helped unleash... Making it virtually free for everyone. No bullshit for veterans. <laughs> Not everyone. And of course, why could it be available for everyone? Because it hadn't inflated and gone crazy. Now they're going to tell us, well, this is because the states are defunding by 25% over a lifetime. The greatest middle class the world had ever seen. And yet, somehow, all we seem to be able to do is cut, cut, cut. Tuition has tripled over the course of a generation and student debt has skyrocketed, surpassing over $1 trillion. So, Because they have been gaming the system to rip these kids off, to put the, turn these children into debt slaves, or sorry, young adults, into debt slaves for decades. They're trapped. Think about the doctors who were used to push these deadly shots. What did they all tell us? Well, I've got student loans to pay back. I can't quit. I can't get fired. I have to go along with this. Do you think it's worth it for them to blow this kind of money to allow this kind of corruption? And now what are they doing? They're making it worse. So what happened? Tell us. Racism. Oh. Or more specifically, the way racism evolved to become a political weapon. You start out in 1954 by saying... Now, by 1968, you I don't know what any of this has to do with the cost of college, but I'm sure he's going to explain it. This is a Reagan strategy. And you get so abstract. So abstract, you just can't say nothing. Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi billion dollar businesses to see why these guys get more attached Is that fair? What do you think? What about people? I'm so glad you asked, Joe. I don't think it has anything to do with it, but the people that you're talking about 
they run corporations and corporations are a government creation where you give a file folder rights and then you give it special privileges. So I think what you've done is you've created a monster with your policies and your protection service and they've turned around and used it to bribe you to give themselves more power and now they're out of control and you can't do anything about it and you think the solution is to shovel more money to them and then create that as a pro picture you know put, hold them up as a problem that has to be solved because they're the evil rich people and they're taking advantage of the poor when the reality is they're the ones who created this problem in the first place and they don't want to actually solve it they want to make it worse and they want to tell they want to turn you against their problem instead of them when really we just need to recognize corporations are a government creation some of the wealthiest men have contracts with the government because the government is too big and out of control. And it never they're never going to stop looting us. And this is the kind of nonsense that they want to play us off of one another so that they can keep lining their pockets every time money changes hands. Dog whistle politics has always centrally involved public education and integration. From the very beginning, dog whistle politics turned on stoking resentment of integration of educational settings. It starts with a dog whistle phrase like states' rights, which was the right of southern states to resist integration ordered by the federal government. Actually, uh, no, states' rights are about having 50 different experiments going on that are all doing different things and competing in a marketplace of ideas and people who like what one state's doing, like California, you know, if you want to step over shit on the sidewalk or walk past the junkies in Philadelphia, those are lovely places to live. Or if you want to go somewhere else where they have more lax policies like Texas or Florida, then you can do that. Or if you want, you know, a more libertarian minded, go to New Hampshire. They're changing things up there. So that's what states rights is about. But what he's making it about is racism. It includes forced busing, a northern analog, which pretended that the issue was putting children on buses rather than the integration the busing was designed to achieve. Dog of course, by forcing people you're creating resentment. And really, the thing to do here is to let these states be racist. Let them suffer the consequences as a result. People should just leave and go live somewhere else, find a way. And they will suffer economically as a result. The Quakers ended slavery in the British Empire by showing people the error in their ways by showing people the consequences of their choices, their decisions, their actions. And, you know, using violence never solves the problem. Allowing people to learn why that behavior doesn't serve them is a superior solution than using force and violence against your friends and neighbors. 
Whistle politics helps explain how the wealthy and the powerful have used a simple formula to sell their economic agenda in a way that hurts all of us. Mm. Fear people of color, hate the government, trust the market. Which is very interesting, especially given what BLM is preaching. And, you know, I saw there's a hilarious video of a lady walking in the rain, ah, and this black woman then comes on and says, that is so racist, or I forget what her objection was, but so absurd, suggesting that uh, this is demeaning to black people because you're walking in the rain. Or I mean, it, it's just gotten to another level of stupid here, and it just has no basis in reality, and these people are manipulating in just a very different way through these organizations, through their scamming of the election process, manipulation of the election process, and, you know, all sorts of other surreptitious means. And as we've scared whites about integrated public education, we've built support for politics that says cut public funding to public schools, to public colleges, and indeed to just about everything public. That sounds good. Over to the me. course of one generation, states have cut about a quarter out of every dollar they used to spend on funding public college. What's made up the difference? A tripling of tuition and an average of almost $30,000 in student debt, which makes it harder for them to start a business, buy a house, and save for retirement. How is that good for America? It's obviously not. When we. But printing money and then paying it to the banks who can, you know, give it to the get it from the colleges and running it through that organization so they can just keep growing and growing. That is good for America. Us paying for these other people to go to these bloated institutions that are wasting ridiculous amounts of money and being forced to support that is definitely the superior humane solution here. Right. We disinvest from the public. The costs of college go up for everybody. Student debt goes up for everybody. And that means for white students too. <laughs> Racism as a political tool hurts everybody of every color and of every background. And of course, this is change.org and some others. And what does Biden throw in? Nearly six billion in historic black colleges and universities. So six billion in free handouts based on the organization's um, perceived preference for race. I mean, it sounds like racist to me instead of based on performance or need or something like that, but more, no, it's because they're black colleges. So they're getting money based on the color of their skin, apparently, because, you know, that's equality in the, in the Biden world. This is not him buying back the black vote before the election. This is not him buying the college students who are hoping to get their loans forgiven in the next upcoming election. These are bribes. They are handing them out like candy to buy votes. What do you think their plan is to get all the illegals, all the undocumented immigrants to vote in the election? Who do you think they're going to vote for? Do you see what's going on, what they're setting up here?
Old Bernie. You no, know, Senator Sanders, it's not just Democrats. I mean, Republicans who have criticized this program. Several of your Democratic colleagues who are up for re-election this year have criticized it as well. Michael Bennett said President Biden should have included a plan to pay for it. Catherine Cortez Mastro, she says it doesn't address the root cause of college affordability. And to your point, Tim Ryan, who's running for Senate in Ohio, said it's unfair to those with student loans, who, without student loans, who are struggling to make ends meet. Working people. Well, the truth is... Uh, in a sense that criticism is correct, but the answer is not to deny help to people who cannot deal with these horrendous student debts who are delaying getting married, delaying uh, even having children. The answer is that maybe, just maybe, we want to have a government that works for all working people and not just the people on top. Class warfare. So the answer, I think, is to say, yeah, if you are a working person right now, you're worried about what happens to you when you are retiring. Well, maybe we should demand that the wealthiest people in this country start paying their fair share of taxes so we can expand Social Security, improve the benefits, and protect those workers. Maybe we should raise the minimum wage to a living wage for low-income workers. Maybe we should do whatever you other major. Of course, the minimum wage, raising that kicks the bottom rungs out of the ladder for interns, for uh, the handicapped people that, you know, just wouldn't be worth the minimum wage to do a job. You can't pay them less. So that means that work doesn't get done or it gets mechanized or whatever. And those people are left at home with no job rather than a job that they can learn from and grow from and move into higher paying jobs down the road as they build their skill set. It literally kicks the bottom rungs out of the employment ladder. And of course he's talking about, we got to, we got to wrangle in the wealthy and make them pay their fair share. Well, what are they doing? They're using corporations to make their wealth, to move their wealth around. And guess what, Bernie? You guys created corporations. You guys gave them a specialized tax code. You guys gave them all the, the exceptions and little things that they get to write off and so forth after they paid you bribes to do it. So you guys created this problem that you're now telling us, giving you more power and control, passing new laws, taking away more freedoms is the solution to the problem that you guys created. I'm sorry, no. You have created a monster and it's time you deal with the consequences of the monsters that you guys have created and unleashed on the American public. It's time that we start unwinding this monstrosity of a small and limited government and allow freedom to reign again on this planet instead of this slave system that you guys want to force us into where we have a credit on your, your company, your bank server, federalized money to where you guys can just wipe us out with the stroke of a key. We could totally trust you with that power. They will never stop. They will just keep running their game, spewing their bullshit, not addressing the problems that they've created, folks. Your country on earth does, George, and guarantee health care to all people as a human right 
rather than spending twice as much per capita on health care as other countries. And le- health care as a human right. Well, um, interesting. Let's take a look at how that's working out. Uh, here's an here's a example. Uh, that plan for jobs has protected Are you going to do businesses. anything about the ambulances waiting and it's the people to. dying out? Well, don't you think 12 years is long enough? <laughs> yes, and we are. 12 years? Taking... You've done bugger all about it. This lady is so perfect. Uh, she's like this short, trollish-looking lady in her probably 50s, very upset, looking at this guy who's way taller, towering over her, telling him off, and it is absolutely brilliant. People have died, and all you've done is nothing. Nothing. Yes, let them eat cake. That is how these politicians are responding. Healthcare, centralized healthcare, guess what? It's failing too. I mean, it's all going to collapse, folks. It's all going to collapse. Have you seen what's happening? This is LA. This is the waiting line to get into the emergency room, to be able to check in and then wait hours in the waiting room. Somebody in here said they waited, I think it was 10 hours to get in and another, no, they called an ambulance and waited like 20 hours or something before they were picked up and then another 10 hours in the ambulance because these systems are breaking down. And there was a ER doctor that commented on this uh, tweet on, on Twitter to me and kind of said, hey, you know, think about the other side of this. And yeah, I do. I get it. I get it. They're struggling. They're sick. Their people are out sick. They're shorthanded. They fired a bunch of the unvaccinated. And now their system is collapsing. Well, guess what, guys? It's your fault. You guys let this happen. You abandon principles. You stop treating symptoms of that patients were presenting with. You let these people dictate your medical practice of being a doctor. You abandon your responsibilities to just go along to get along. And now what? I'm supposed to cry a river for you because it's not working out? The system's going to crash. It will not survive. And we need to be ready for that reality because it's coming. We're at the beginning of, I think it's going to be a bell curve that goes up like that and down and flattens off. And I think we're in this kind of, uh, I guess it was over here, this kind of early phase to this thing taking off. And when it really takes off, yeah, you'll see. And leaving 70 million Americans uninsured and underinsured. Maybe we should have the courage to take on the drug companies and not pay 10. Now, as far as uninsured people in America, well, guess what? You didn't used to need insurance until the government came in and started regulating and added administrators and drove the costs way up. I mean, literally to have a baby in in the 1950s before all this nonsense started, It's today's equivalent of about $250 for normal birth, and that's with a private room. What does it cost today? 10 grand? 
that is government overhead and insurance injected into the process to put it out of reach so that you have to go and buy their services because everything else is just too expensive. And all the regulations and things that the government's come in and added and the hoops that they have to jump through and the fees that they have to pay have driven up these costs out of control. That's why it was the second one on the graph that we looked at earlier. Because the government's in there fixing it for us. And they don't actually fix anything. They just make the problems worse. Sometimes more for a particular drug than they do in, in other countries. So the answer is not to do what Republicans want to do. It's like, oh, it's unfair to this person because we're helping that person. The answer is maybe mm. to create a government where, which works for all people and not just for wealthy campaign contributors. Class warfare. And by and the way, George, you know, we don't talk about this enough. We got to deal with this massive income and wealth inequality. Three people on top owning more wealth than the bottom half of American society. That's some of the issues that we got to deal with. Yeah. And who are those people? And what are their connections to the government? Because they're all connected. Because that's where the true wealth and power and return, 72,000% return on lobbying. You guys thought Bitcoin had good returns? Wait till you spend money lobbying the government. <laughs> of course, here was their last handout, bailout candy, the PPP loans. They gave out $793 billion in free money. $742 billion was forgiven. Remember this, the financial crisis? What did they print up? $700 billion? Now they're giving that out, and that's just a drop in the bucket of the other money that they spent. They, they, they threw out trillions upon trillions of dollars fighting this pandemic that they organized and orchestrated. And it was one hell of a heist. And these people right here, Newsmax, 2.5 million in PPP loans forgiven. Oh wait, I thought they were on the air. Why did they need $2.5 million? Or was it just free money? Representative Roger Williams, 1.4 million. The Kushner family, one of Trump's aides, 3 million bucks that he got in free money. That was a great deal. Representative Mike Kelly's car dealership got just under a million dollars. Wow, it's amazing. I wonder if like any of his relatives suddenly started working there right before the application went through. Hey, you want a job? Pays $100,000 a year for consulting. Wink, wink. And then what did they do? They get free money from the government to line their pockets. <clears throat> this is how they're making the tens of millions of dollars that they all have, folks. They're fucking ripping us off. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she got a nice 180 grand forgiven. Prager University, a libertarian university, they got 700 grand forgiven. You've got the Federalist. Oh, you know what? Is that this? Yeah, it is. 
they had, it looks like, 306,000 forgiven. Let me show you this tweet from Sean Davis, who is the co-founder of The Federalist, that I think got this $306,000. Look what he did. He tweeted out here, according to the government's own affidavit demanding authority of uh, to raid Trump's home, the unprecedented raid was necessary because a bureaucrat at the National Archives was mad that Trump had, quote, newspapers, comma, magazines, comma, and printed news articles, period. So, see, they came in, they raided his house looking for magazines and newspaper clippings, y'all. And that was the end of it because there's the period on the end. Until you actually look at the document and you see where it's highlighted down here and it's not a period. It's a comma and it goes on to say photos, miscellaneous printouts, notes, presidential correspondence, personal and post-presidential records, and quote, a lot of classified records, period. There's the end of the sentence. Why is this guy gaslighting his audience? Do you think this maybe wasn't a loan, but more of a bribe for some favorable coverage? What do you think? Betsy DeVos, the, his, uh, Trump's former education person, got uh, education secretary, got $3.5 million. Of course, he could have just eliminated the Department of Education and let the states figure it out. Representative uh, Brett Gunthery, he's got $4.3 million for his diecast, Trace Diecast Company. You've got uh, Matt Geats. He got 475000 The Daily Caller got 715, 14,000. Greg Pence, he got 80 grand. And on and on. Here's the next set. There's Matt Gates with his 475. MTG got 180. Greg Pence got 80. Vernon, Vern Buchanan is a Florida rep, got 2.8 million. Kevin Hearn got 1 million. Roger Williams got from Texas got 1.4 million. That's a nice little haul there. But Brett Gunthrie with his 4.3 million. Well done. Mike Kelly got just under a million dollars, 450. Another million dollars there. Another 3.1 million to Carol Miller in West Virginia. Well done, Carol. These are the Make America Great Again representatives who talk a good game about America first. And let me tell you, America is first to them. First in line, right behind them, because they've got their hand out taking the free government money and lining their fucking pockets with it, folks. Then America comes second, because they know that there wasn't enough of this money. Oh, sorry, you guys don't even see that. They know there wasn't enough of this money to go around, and that it was going to run out. And the people with the lawyers and the compliance teams ready to go, really good at doing government paperwork, man, they knocked it out of the park and they got that free money. The actual struggling businesses trying to stay afloat that probably many of them went bankrupt and no longer exist, they weren't quite quick enough. And all of these loans from these America first, make America great again, bullshitters took money from those small businesses that failed. They don't put America first. They put themselves first. And if you want to sit there and tell me that this is different from the handouts going to the big banks for, for the college scam that Biden's trying to pull, 
you're not paying attention. They are all robbing us blind. It doesn't matter if it's Republicans or Democrats. They're all doing it. They're all ripping us off. And while that's happening, what are we seeing? Well, these are the death counts, the total deaths in Israel from 2017 to 2022, all right? And I want you to hear these numbers, basically. So 2017, 2018, 2019, they had, you know, 269, 26-2, 27-560. So in that kind of ballpark, you know, pretty tight range there. Going into 2022, it was 27,647. So it went up by about 100 deaths, total deaths in Israel from 2019 to 2020 when we were in the midst of the pandemic. But then the vaccine comes along to save the day and the deaths go up almost 2,000 to 29,580. And in the first six months of this year, stopping at July, we're at 31,000, which means the deaths from 2021 that were 29.5, it's probably going to go to about 60. And that's if it doesn't accelerate. And I think it stands a good chance of accelerating. And of course, we showed you what's happening at the hospitals. They're overwhelmed. They can't keep up. These totalitarian regimes are still not hiring back nurses when they're forced to take the, the school kids back just so that they can function and keep their propaganda uh, machine going. They're docking their pay for, what is it, eight, 16 weeks or something ridiculous like that. Just punitive because, well, you didn't get the shot. So we're going to pay you less, slave. How do you like that? Because that's what they think of you. That's how they treat you. And now, what's happening? Well, people are starting to get wise to this. And there was a tweet here, actually. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I just realized we're not broadcasting on Twitter, which sucks. I had a, a hiccup, and I OBS, I would have had to completely close it and crash it and <laughs> reopen it again because it wasn't logged in. So that was my bad. I'll have to fix it later. But ethical skeptic right here, uh, he's posted suddenly, and he's t in response to this article that we covered last week in the show. Suddenly the Max Vax cartel got very silent. Fauci resigns. Pharma hitmen are dispatched. Trolls are furious. That's like, uh, um, oh gosh, debunk the funk and some of these others, Dr. John defensive pivot to blame the vax on FOG. Uh, and what is he talking about? The orange man switching it to Trump. It, this is Trump's fault. This was Trump's vaccine. He did the operation warp speed. And of course now it's also, we already know that the Democrats delayed the release of the vaccine until after the election so that they could take credit for it, but now they don't want the credit for it because they know it's blowing up in their face. And he's pointed out that it's now 7,900 per week and rising people that are re coming in to his blog and reading this article that we covered 
last week, Houston, we have a problem. And I'm wondering if he's published part two yet. I bet we're getting close. Anyway. So it is, there has been a huge, huge pivot this week and the rats are fleeing the sinking ships. That's, that was the title three weeks ago. I called it. And now guess what's happening? Well, they're starting to get confronted more and more. This is Christine. Christia. Christia Freeland. What the fuck are you doing in Alberta? <laughs> you fucking traitorous fucking bitch. Get the fuck out of this province. You don't belong here. You're a fucking traitor, you fucking bitch. Yeah, go ahead and hide. All right, guys, you got a traitor in the fucking elevator. The elevator's closing, and she's smiling big. She thinks it's very funny that the slaves come up and say this stuff, get mad at her, because she can do whatever she wants, right? She's the one in power. She's the one with the ring that gives him her the power over all the serfs like this guy. I'll walk up my own power so then they, I don't, don't know, this me. government no. building or something, it looks leaving. like it. We are leaving. And there's a guy there her? walking him out. No. Yeah. I fucking hope not. Don't tell me he can't. I'll walk out my own power, okay? So back off. Fucking back off. I know this gentleman here. And again, you can walk out real slow in these situations. fucking country needs me allowed in Alberta. She's destroying this country. Your kids are going to have no future. Okay? I hope you get it. He's Somebody's right. got to get it. Because we're the only ones... He's right. And of course, this sparked outrage. So here's uh, from Christiana. I'm proud to be from Alberta, and I am very happy to be spending a few days in peace country or county. I'm going to keep coming back because Alberta is home. You can't scare me away. And because I want to keep meeting Albertans from across this great province and visiting my family and friends here. What happened yesterday was wrong. Nobody anywhere should have to put up with threats and intimidation. Oh, really? Were the truckers putting up with threats and intimidation when police were smashing their windows and dragging them from their rigs and towing their trucks and yanking their licenses and you were freezing their fucking bank accounts and their ability to pay rent? To do what? To push a Holocaust for a deadly experimental medical procedure that she's had vaccine side effects from. We've seen it. She's developed a twitch. She just got her fourth booster. I think this is going to be a self-correcting problem. And we're going to find a sudden and unexpected announcement from her. But that's what's going on here. What happened yesterday was wrong and nobody should have to put up with threats and intimidation. But the Albertans, Alberta I know is filled with kind and welcoming people. And I'm grateful for the warm welcome I've received from so many people in Edmonton, Grand Prairie, and Peace River over the past few days. One unpleasant incident yesterday doesn't change that. And then she puts up a picture with her family. And like, I'm sitting here watching this just in awe because these people are entirely seemingly clueless of what they've done. Christiana, you have murdered people's families 
their kids, their parents, their brothers and sisters, their friends and loved ones, their significant others. They're dead because of you. They're dead because of your policies that you pushed, because of the organization that you're a part of. You committed war crimes to push these medical, deadly medical experiments on these people. And guess what? They're waking up to what you've done. They're not just going to come after you. They're going to come after your family, just like you guys did theirs. And it's going to be horrific. And what are you guys up here doing? Aaron O'Toole, these are all blue checkmark politicians mostly. The behavior towards Minister Freeland is the latest example of disturbing harassment of political leaders. Yeah, the verbal harassment and threats directed at the minister during her visit in Alberta yesterday were reprehensible. The attempt to threaten and intimidate uh, Freeland and her staff was disgusting. This is gross intimidation. Yeah, what is it when you force these mandates on people? It's coercion. Forcing a holocaust. But tell me, tell me how the peasants shouldn't be able to approach the royalty and speak their mind, because that's what he did. People are angry. I get it. No, you don't fucking have a clue. Gene, you don't get it at all. You're living the lie that these shots work and nobody hurts and these are conspiracy theorists and everybody's fine and life's going to go on normal and it's just not. This is why you guys are going to be hunted down and handled by the mob instead of the justice system because you've completely subverted and corrupted it to where justice can't happen. You know, I watched, a, there's a Western show, there, uh, Dave Turns Lost Gold Mine. And he tells the story of this local county there that had a sheriff who they were pretty sure was running a gang of thieves of like, you know, 20 people that were going around robbing people and taking their gold and this and that. And he was the ringleader of it. And the town just said, you know what, this isn't going to work. And in a matter of a few days, they hunted them all down, captured them and hung them, sheriff included because they had to wheel out their own justice because the system had grown so corrupt that it was not fixable. And that's where we find ourselves today with an FBI that has become the freaking KGB. They are censoring free speech. They are shutting down the internet. They are targeting individuals who are saying things that are damaging to the narrative they are lying to the American people. They are causing mass death, destruction, and disability. They've wiped out our economy. And there went my Twitter spaces. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's get that back. I'm just going to start a new one. Oh, nope, it's not recording. Hold on. Bear with me for one minute.
I'm going to end this space and then I'm going to create one that is recorded. Okay. Okay, Twitter Spaces is back. Sorry about that. Where am I even? <laughs> so, like, the, the, their policy right now amounts to doubling down on stupid. They are making it to where there is no legitimate path to take here because they have become so corrupt and so out of control that, uh, you know, what is anybody supposed to do against this system? Meanwhile, they are looting the treasury for everything it's worth, sending billions to Ukraine that they can funnel back to themselves, sending billions to the big banks, to the wealthy, in the name of the poor. Because, you know, the wealthy have too much money, so let's send them tens to hundreds of billions of dollars and call it debt forgiveness. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Okay, hopefully we're good on, there we go, into the chat on Rumble. Uh, okay, let me see where I was. I lost my place here. Here's the pivot that uh, we were talking about with the ethical skeptic over here, one of, one of many. And this is from Politico Trump. Uh, administration pressured the FDA to authorize unproven treatment for COVID-19 and the first COVID-19 vaccines on an accelerated timeline, according to a White House report released Wednesday. So you see, it was this is all Trump's fault now. And they never thought these vaccines were a good idea. <laughs> and they're fleeing, they're sinking ships. And the politicians are getting shouted down. And Marcone, let me see that. Let's go find that one real quick. Bear with me here. If I can find this video. So there's, he's in, I, I forget what country it was. <laughs> <laughs> There they are hitting them, but there's another one where he's coming outside. That's not it. And he's like waving to everybody. As if he's just this great guy and I'm not finding it now. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, he's sitting there waving everybody and they are cursing him and he's just pretending like they're all supporters and it's just very much let them eat cake moment from him. And th th this is what they're going to do. This is their game plan with this whole thing is to just pretend like everything's fine as everything is literally falling apart. 
You've got the ships parked off of China because they're doing all the lockdowns because they understand what a dangerous bioweapon this thing is that has been unleashed on the world. And that's disrupting global shipping just like it did during the shutdowns because it's happening all over again. Went to the local dollar store. The, what was it? The Cokes, the, the, the like Sunkiss that used to be a dollar months ago is now a dollar 95. And the ones that were 250 or whatever are now 350. And the chips that were two for five dollars are now, and then went to two for 550 are now six. And about 20% of the shelf space was empty. And they were, you know, low on most of what they did have. And I saw a guy stalking and he sees me walking around the store every aisle. He's like, can I help you? Are you looking for something? And I just kind of explained, no, I run a podcast. I, you know, keep track of supply chain issues and so forth. And uh, you know, what's going on? Do you guys just get what you get? And he says, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. They send the trucks. This is what we get. We put it out and it is what it is. And uh, so I, you know, explained a little more about supply chain and issues and, and various things. And uh, he said, you know, I hear, he, he kind of comes around and understands what all I talk about. He goes, I hear it's hard getting truck drivers and that that's causing some of these ripple on effects. And we've been covering that for months, right? We've got oh, Eagle 5, Fox 20, I think, that uh, you know talks about showing up at the terminal for work and too many of the loaders were sick so they couldn't run that day. And he's running, you know, like 2,600 pounds in an 18-wheeler, spending hundreds and hundreds on gas. It's a losing proposition, but that's all they have going because everything's crumbling and breaking down and people are dying off and it's being covered up. And these are creating ripple effects that are not being properly addressed. They're being ignored. And the simple fact is, it's going to collapse to a point where we have to reorganize and then start to rebuild our way out of this. So there you go. I'm not a fan of these MAGA so-called patriots that are first in line with their handout for the free government money and then want to go and criticize the free government money going out as if they're not a hypocrite. And of course, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene got swatted. They didn't, you know, you know uh, <laughs> they grant themselves based on an anonymous call, the ability to just come into your home and search it without a warrant. All it takes is an anonymous call because, well, I mean, they might be preventing a murder and it's, it's not, it's a prank call and it could get someone killed, but whatever the government won't be responsible for that. They have a monopoly. They will investigate themselves and determine that they officers followed procedure and it was just an unfortunate incident. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> let me see here. Yeah, here's Rowan pointing out, while I don't condone rushing toward Christiana, uh, Christia Freeland using excessive profanity, I have no problem with it. Laughing arrogantly as she announces, free, announces freezing Canadians' bank accounts is repugnant. been frozen both personal and corporate, but you're not releasing the information. So you're confirming that <laughs> accounts have been frozen. So you're and I think what's going on here is that she's got some neurological damage, and that's actually the 
bizarre behavior that we were seeing. This was around the same time that she had the nervous twitch and was just doing all kinds of weird stuff in these clips. I think she was vaccine injured, and that's what we're watching. Confirming that accounts have been frozen. So you're confirming that accounts have been Or maybe she just thinks it's very funny. Okay, let's talk about BRICS for a second because this plays into uh, what's happening with the dollar. And this is a very important puzzle piece to understand about what's happening to the global financial system. <clears throat> so today what we've got is, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, the dollar reserve system, okay? And we've got the SWIFT organization that moves money all around the world, very inefficiently at a very high cost and slow pace and so forth. And they get to impose the rules on everybody else as far as sanctions and who's allowed to get money and who's not. And there are countries that are just getting tired of that. Russia, India, China, Iran, South Africa. And, uh, well, they've done something about it. Now, here's the announcement that the Reserve Bank of India, RBI, is creating a new set of arrangements to allow companies to settle foreign trade in rupees. Okay, so this means that if, you're, if you've got Russian and Indian organizations can trade goods and services, they can now do it without using dollars. Before they had to buy into the dollar, use the dollar to trade into the foreign currency, that's gone. Okay, Note how they did it here. This is important. Under such arrangements, Russian banks will be required to open rupee accounts with Indian banks, and Indian banks will need to open ruble accounts in Russia. So what are they doing? They're creating a correspondent banking system, which is slow and um, inefficient. This is the same way their competitors are working, and this is exactly the problem that ripple comes in and fixes with their software RippleNet and the token xrp and this is what we're going to see is more open networks that have greater flexibility over time than these various walled gardens that don't interact with each other and have to have these multiple relationships going everywhere stranding capital it's very inefficient it's very costly for businesses to park you know, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, millions of dollars, whatever it is based on their volume that they need to do. So it's not a, it's not an optimal system, but at the same time, what does this mean? This means that the dollar is losing its position as a reserve currency. Now there's conspiracy theory out there where people want to say that, uh, the, the, the Russian uh, ruble is backed by gold now. That is complete, utter nonsense. There's not an official announcement. That is a rumor that was started by a little blog site that's complete BS nonsense. And people are still spouting that. Like, I see it all the time. The, the ruble's backed by gold now. No, it's not. There's no announcement of that. They're not doing it. But what they are doing, and this is interesting because it ties in, you, you guys know I listen to Woo Woo Dude and Jay Snipfor and uh, Beyond Mystic when they do their live streams. I think it was a few months back, 
uh, Richard was talking about this dream he had where they were boxing and the Russians hit uh, Uncle Sam or whoever it was, knock the head off and dollars start coming out of the neck. And, and the weird part is nobody rushed in to get the dollars. And I see a couple different analogies for that. One is, uh, you know, they, they hit them in Ukraine and went after the bioweapons labs. But then at the same time, uh, which, which triggered Biden sending billions of dollars constantly, maybe that's the money that's constantly coming out of the head. But it also could be this right here that the dollar is losing prominence as the world reserve currency. And we're getting some different factions now that are going to start making their own arrangements to get around the dollar market. But the way that they're doing it is not going to solve the problem. Ripple, ripple net XRP does. And it's going to exist in a world where we also are not going to need central banks or large commercial banks because your local community credit union will be able to plug into the global financial system and be on level footing that only chase has in today's world. So you need to understand what this is going to look like coming out the other side. If they don't end up implementing their CBDC and being able to turn us off and completely control our lives, that's still a risk. That's you know very much where they're trying to take it. But we have to say enough. We have to say we're not going there. I'm not doing that. You're trying to kill us. You are literally shutting down agriculture, trying to force famine this winter and food shortages, which are definitely coming. They know this. And what are they doing? They're robbing the cupboards blind every chance they get. And the people being subjected to this malfeasance, to this corruption, they're making their own arrangements. You should be doing that too. Sorry, had to get a drink there. (coughs) So there you go. Um, Wow, hold on one sec. We'll see how long my throat holds out. Okay. BitBoy Crypto time. Let's talk. <coughs> Welcome to BitBoy Crypto. Oh, man. Look at that. He does costumes. Here. I personally would not advise that strategy. Oh, he's an advisor? <coughs> Apparently... There are beauty pageants for clown outfits. I didn't know this, but I guess he's a contestant winner there. He dances. He's funny. What's funnier, Tweety Bird? How to make money in crypto. He wears funny hats and talks with a funny accent sometimes. Boy, this is very entertaining. (laughs) Oh, you're killing me. Yeah, you are. Welcome to BitBoy Crypto. (coughs) Now... I don't watch his show all the time, but it seems to me like he is very nervously adjusting that microphone a little bit excessively here, folks. Is he nervous doing this live stream? Listen, he stunts to 
hype up our new layout. How about that? Uh, guys, uh, this is the People's Channel, home of the BitSquad, largely greatest crypto community in all the interwebs. Uh, mm -hmm. No channel works harder to keep you in the know about crypto. That's right. He is the hardest working crypto channel, and man, he wins. He wins big. Okay. Here's his tweet from the 23rd earlier this week. When folks, when will folks figure out everything you try to do to hurt me helps me? That has to be so frustrating. I just keep winning. Why? Because Bitch Boy Crypto is a winner. And the wins are only about to get bigger, right? Now, this was before the video that we're watching right now. And, I mean, going all the way back to February 1st, y'all keep coming at me and we just keep winning. This must be a miserable feeling because he just, you know, he's winning so hard, everyone. Um, always authentic and transparent and honest here. We always address things head on. So, um, uh -huh. my name is Ben. Uh, Hi, it ben. is 1130. I'm going to be, let's be honest. Okay. Now when somebody tells you I'm going to be honest, let's be honest. You know what that implies that the rest of the time they're maybe not honest with you. Now, funny thing about Quakers is we don't swear an oath in court. We will affirm why. Do they do that? Why do we not like to do that? Because what it implies is two levels of honesty. When you swear an oath, you have a higher level of honesty, and then the rest of the time, it's a lower level. Well, saying that, let's be honest, is like the rest of the time is acknowledging the rest of the time, maybe I'm not so honest with you. And look at his mannerisms and his body language here. It's 11.36, 8.30 standard time. <laughs> uh, we're going to be live every single day at 11.30. Um, just in the microphone know, again. Uh, when I'm running the show, it's a little bit late. Touching his uh, ring. That's a, doing this on the wedding ring is, I think that's a wedding ring. Yeah, right hand. Is safety and security. And that's what he's doing. He's very, very stressed and very, very nervous right now. Hey, August 24th. And we got the air fix, so it's only 75 degrees in here. Um, so uh, I guess the best thing to do probably is to see if I can uh, pull up. Let me see if I can pull something up here real quick. Uh, yada, 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 yada. Okay. All right. So uh, here we go. We got uh, this story here. I want to talk about this. I want to address this issue. Uh, at this point, it's got to be addressed uh, 100%. Um, YouTuber versus YouTuber. BitBoy Crypto sues a Tozy for defamation. Um, says he said, I say I sustain damage in excess of $75,000. I want everybody to know, first and foremost, uh, th this is never about money. Th this is not about money. Um, I, I guess the first thing. Now, I actually believe him when he says that. <clears throat> the lawsuits for 75000 not a lot. I think he was just trying to apply pressure. And the reason he was trying to do that is, is you know, where this whole thing starts to unravel for, for BitBoy here. And that's what we're going to go through tonight. So let's keep listening to his story a little bit here. For me to do here is to explain the order of events and what happened. So Toji puts this video out uh, in November uh, about uh, a project that we had covered that, um, let's you see. You see him picking I up think... his keyboard, putting it down, puts his hands out, and then he's nervously tapping his hands. Probably about four months after we did the video, uh, the project rug pulled. Now, when we... Research the project. My research team researched it. Um, that's Touching what research phone. team does, like a tweet on Twitter. Uh, what happened is Adjusting the project the keyboard. What happened the was contract. See what happened was that was audited that we had seen. 
And so we saw it. We saw the smart contract. They sent us a bullshit audited contract. They put another one on. We didn't check and everybody got screwed. Uh, it was fine. It was locked up, but they changed the smart contract. So the point is, is that the project after the video was not the same as the project that we researched. It was simply different. Um, mm -hmm. Some people lost some money. It's I lost some money a little bit. Um, Did you see him look to the side there? I lost some money. Some money. It's I lost some money a little bit. He closes his eyes. He does visual recall, I think, when he opens them. Looks away because he doesn't want to look at his audience while he says that. Um, we had... We had sold sometime maybe in August. We were moving a lot from project to project at that point. Um, so it wasn't a matter of, um, you know, it was just a matter of uh, the fact is, um, you know, it was just, uh, you know, the fact is now he's going to pivot and change subject as he was flailing around trying to explain his trades around this. Is, is that, you know, my community and the crypto community whole is what I care about. I care about the Bit Squad more than anything. Um, mm -hmm. And there were people that were hurt by that. What did we do? So from there, what we did, we were never going to cover another uh, anonymous team again. It was an anonymous team. You can't hold people accountable when they're anonymous. So the point is, is that um, we made a lot of changes after that video. And you guys know today, we don't do any sponsored videos. Why? Uh -huh. Why do we not do sponsored videos? Number one, I don't want to do them. I don't like doing sponsored videos. Uh, we were trying to pay bills at certain points by doing those videos. It's a big revenue stream. We give away all of our YouTube money, Pluto. Now, look at what he's doing. He's picked up his keyboard, turned it flat to hide behind it. He's crossed his hands on top of it. He's hiding. Um, and so the, the fact is, is that, you know, we ultimately decided back in January of this year that we were not going to do any more sponsor videos. Be situations like this, that, you know, we, we don't like that. I care about my community um, you know, I never want to do wrong by my fans. I, I, the community, I, I take it very, very, very seriously. Okay. Did you see what just happened there? He's trying to explain how much he cares about the community while he's hiding behind his keyboard, crossing his hands, closed body language, stumbling with his words. And then he finally, when he finally puts the keyboard down, it's not to clearly express his love for his community but it's to express his position of authority. Listen. Um, you know, I never want to do wrong by my fans. I, I, the community, I, I take it very, very, very seriously. I take it very, very, and, and very seriously. Is, is that, um, you know, this video that was made about me uh, by a Tozy, it's much more complex than you guys think. I know everybody's looking at it and they're looking at the, the statement with the language by the lawyers. Which or we're, we're looking at... The artwork that you just basically dropped graphics on top of and passed off as your own. Or the article that you were being fed into the teleprompter that you were just reading that was somebody else's words. Or the multiple rug pulls that you were involved in one after another after another. By the way, that's the way that you write lawsuits, right? That's the way that the wording, the language, the emotional appeal, that's the way a lawsuit is written, guys. So I know you guys have seen it uh, at this point. A lot of you have. Probably a lot of people just coming into it to watch uh, because of the situation. And, you know, that's the way that they're written. And, yes, I did sign off on it. But, you know, trust my lawyers to, to do a good job. This has been going on since November. <laughs> so this is not like all of a sudden out of the blue. Um, I decided I was going to send this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
nine months later, what occurred is we sent a cease and desist because there is, and I'll get to this, there is some factual, very serious stuff in that video. Very serious stuff that has long-term implications, he goes on to say. Well, what is it? It's the fact that uh, as to Atozi <clears throat> basically said that he took payment like from here. There's his press sheet where he's doing 40 grand for a YouTube interview. Dedicated reviews, 35 grand, right? Ring in that cash register. He said that he took money for one of these projects that Ben claims he didn't. And I think that he didn't. And I think what Ben was really hoping to do with this lawsuit was to keep it private, right? Like here's his, here's his uh, statement. I generally like to keep my lawsuits private because I think it's, it's a bad look for crypto. This isn't the first one and it won't be the last one. You can't make this stuff up about good people and get away with it for clicks. FYI, I'm undefeated and I don't plan on losing anytime soon. Well, turns out, uh, yeah, no, he, he dropped the lawsuit. Okay. But what happened? I think he's gotten an SEC inquiry request saying, Hey, hi, BitBoy, Can you show us your trades and compensation for these following projects that you presented and you know, which ones are they probably asking about? Well, this one right here from Zach XBT, he's put a thread together, laying all this out, explaining, you know, and I went through this in a video, the one rug pull, MYX, Distex, how he's saying these are the greatest projects, most trusted low cap gem in 2020. Here's uh, Zao Finance, exit scammed in the fall of 2020. Ethy, another scam BitBoy worked with in December 2020 that ended up rugging, noticing a pattern to the videos, and he goes back and changes the title or deletes them. Another one people forgot about is Locke. Covered it twice in late 2020. We are the CPH slow rug pull promoted by BitBoy, also deleted video. <laughs> and PAMP, which is, I believe, the one that Atozi is talking about. It's the, I think, the latest, most famous, infamous one, right? Here's some of the artwork that was basically ripped off. You can see originals on the left, what he added on the right, and there's, you know, more of that and more of that. <laughs> and he's trying to play it off here as if, well, it's just one thing, and I'm just trying to get this one little inaccurate thing corrected, and he can leave all the rest of the video up. That's fine. And what he was hoping to do in the process, oh, why aren't you switching? There we go. Was keep this quiet and just get it to go away. Probably and very possibly because of that SEC inquiry letter that he received. Except it blew up in his face because the lawsuit is public and it got published and everybody got to see, including David Schwartz, who took him to task over this quite nicely and here he is you literally can't you can't you can you can't literally make up lies and accusations about people there are consequences for this because you tell two truths and one lie that doesn't excuse the lie 
hate me all you want, but at the end of the day, people will be held accountable for lies and slander. And David Schwartz is like, please identify one specific statement you can prove is a lie. I read your complaint and couldn't find a single one. And this is where he's like, well, lawsuits are complicated. No, they're not. You lay out the wrongs that have been done to you in the complaint. That's why you're going to court to get those corrected. It's not like some Perry Mason moment that you spring at the last moment. After the case is over and less confidently as confidentiality is part of the settlement, I would love to discuss this. He's replying to David Schwartz, CTO of Ripple. But unfortunately, I can't make specific statements until this is over. This was never supposed to be public. Well, you know, if your lawyers told you this was going to be public, maybe you should stop following their advice because they sound like pretty shitty lawyers. I respect you and would love to have this combo. And he and David saying, so you're perfectly comfortable accusing people of spreading provable lies on Twitter, but suddenly uncomfortable when asked to show one specific instance of a provable lie. Honest question. What conclusion do you think people should draw from that? And he's like, well, because it's a lawsuit, David, and it's ongoing and its statement with specifics hurts the case. Like I said, this was not supposed to be public. <laughs> I do my fighting behind closed doors, but it, it, it's where it is. And I have been advised against making statements. So I'm going to do that. And he says, uh, uh, that's pro probably the best since this kind of bullshit is utterly indefensible, seriously, how could any competent lawyer put this obvious statements of opinion and pretty much only these in a defamation complaint? And he's talking about Atozi calling him a dirtbag. So in case you didn't know of, of what an absolute, absolute sleazy dirtbag of a YouTuber is, here's BitBoy Crypto, a prime example of that. That's what as Atozi said about him, okay? Uh, and another one, he states, this man, Armstrong, is enriched has enriched himself by being all around dirtbag. Okay. Not nice things to say, but he's entitled to his opinion, right? The guy thinks you're a dirtbag. This is David Schwartz. He's entitled to his opinion. I'm sure lots of people think I'm a scammer and they're entitled to their opinion. It doesn't mean they're liars. And he also is citing a um, federal statute, I think. So shortly after this, he went ahead and decided to drop the lawsuit, okay? And that's what's in this thing, which I'm going to have to mess with here briefly. Give me one second. Okay. Uh, that is wrong, that is about me, that could have big implications down the road. Um, so, you know, I'll get to more of that here uh, in a second. Let's go back to that because here's a little, another little gemstone piece of information. Um, this is a guy that exposes scams on YouTube that has also made a video about BitBoy. And I want to want you to hear a little bit about what he's got to say. I'm front running big money and this one looks like it could be flowing into it. I sit here often and I wonder, like really ponder, why no one is giving you guys this kind of info. It's Nobody. out there for the taking, public domain. Why not? He's blowing off lids to get you the juice. Wow, <laughs> sounds phenomenal. But how does five coins do? And remember Fuse, because it's gonna have extra importance in just a second. Well, I tracked all the performance of those top fives from February to December. Let me show. 
So he went back, looked at, at these five rug pulls and, uh, you know, his top coins that he recommended each week through this period, and he tracked their progress. Oh, yeah. All five were money losers. If you would have followed big boy's advice, you would have lost 55% of your money in just 10 months. But something I uncovered was far more disturbing than just money losing picks. And let me tell you how I did it. There've been several times when big boy has published his entire portfolio of crypto. One time was February 21st, which was just five days after the top five picks video that I just showed you a portion of. Here's the list. And you can see that one of his top five picks was in his portfolio. He owned it called CeeLo. He owned 2,200 shares, about $9,000 worth. Presumably, if he believed in his top five coins, if he was an honest broker, he would purchase all those five for his own portfolio. So I searched his entire holdings and I discovered that he held only a tiny amount of three of the coins. For three of the coins, he had less than 1% in his portfolio. This seems baffling if you truly thought these coins were the top investment, but even more astonishingly, he had zero coins for two of his top five picks. How's that possible? That just five days after telling the world these are the top five coins, he has zero of two of the coins in his account. Well, there's two possible explanations. One is he pumped them on February 16th and then immediately sold them. This is called a pump and dump. You buy them early, you get everyone excited, and then when they're excited, you sell yours to the excited people. Pump and dump, classic stock manipulation. Or two, the other explanation is he never purchased any of the two coins in spite of encouraging his followers to do so. Both scenarios are damning for his credibility. Let's take them one by one. If he pumped the stock on the 16th and then immediately sold it, his timing was ideal. Because look at this chart. That arrow is when he pumped it, when he mentioned it in his video, and then it fell like a rock in a pool after that. Just like his credibility, if that's what he did. If this was a pump and dump, he mastered the timing and his followers should feel dirty and used. But what about the second possibility that he never owned the cryptos, but still included them on his top five list? Why would he tout coins he doesn't believe in and has no financial interest in? Doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Ah, but it does. And to understand it, you have to understand how virtually the entire crypto market works. Let me explain. When okay. Big Boy first so started, he's he's getting into pay for play and the, the fee structure. This is the most likely explanation for why Big Boy Crypto is including two coins, which he isn't even holding in his top five list. There's strong evidence to believe that that's the case because recently a revealing document showed how crypto influencers charge for everything. I'm sure he which requires disclosure of paid advertisements. More importantly, 
It's an abuse of his followers' trust and ultimately robbing their wallets. That's right. Please think twice before you take any crypto advice from Big Boy. He's not honest. Well, that's this episode of The Scammies. Our annual award show is coming up. So he, he does this Scammies channel you on YouTube. You can go check out this video if you want to see all the details of it. But you get the idea. Why were those two in there with zeros five days after he recommended them? And, you know, he keeps claiming this is what I pointed out. This is what David pointed out to him over here. If you're trying to clear your name, the way you do that is you come out and you set the record straight. Instead, what he's doing is suing to get the one thing that is inaccurate so that he can claim victory. And aha, he had to take that video down. Or he had to modify that video because it wasn't true. While refusing, what I've pointed out is, you know what, BitBoy? Ben, if you want to clear your name, the way to do that is to document all your trades. Find a neutral third party to verify them with, you know, you log into your exchange account or wherever they are. Show him the records. He can verify the timestamps and the amounts. And then he can uh, go and find a public, um, oh, whatever, get a notari public notary and sign a document that says, yep, these are the trades. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, tell you that I've gone in and verified and this is what he showed me. And then people will see what you did, what his trades were. But he doesn't want to do that. What his plan was is to shut down people one by one for saying things that he can go after them that are not true while trying to hide the fact that there's a good chance that he was selling into the hype that he was creating. I mean, look, and he's like, well, I didn't have a million subscribers back then. Holo pumped after I talked about it on my show with 20,000 people. And I think probably 10, 15,000 views on that video. It does not take much in these small caps to pump them. I didn't even buy it. People accused me of pump and dump after it went down. But, and that's why I don't talk about these little projects you know, I did it that one time and then I really didn't like doing it anymore after that. That's the reason. Because there's too much temptation for impropriety. And if he wanted to come clean and clear his name, that is how he would do it. Not through these lawsuits. And you know, the door is always open here, Ben. If you want to come on, I can be nice and friendly. We'll get to the bottom of it and set the record straight. You're always welcome on for that. But this strategy, I think, is a bunch of bullshit. Why this is bad, why we were sorry. Um, I, I wouldn't watch it. I didn't technically say I was sorry, but it, it was basically an apology. Um, and we didn't hide from it. We put it out there. We put everything out there for everybody to see. Hurt my feelings a little bit, you know, I'll be honest with you, that, uh, you know, it, I'm being, I'm very authentic. I'm very transparent. I've told you guys everything that's ever happened. I've taken responsibility for anything that we no. did. By the way, all this is two years ago. All this is two years ago when I had 30,000 subscribers. This is not the responsibility of the millions of subscribers. Because of course, he makes in the statement, in the video, he talks about how uh, I scammed millions of subscribers. Well, I didn't have that many subscribers back then when that happened. And as the channel has grown, 
the responsibility that I feel has grown much, much larger and much bigger. And, and so we really take this stuff extremely seriously, like I said. The second thing is much more dramatic. though, And, and, and I really want you guys to, for one second, I, I know I'm the bully. I know Tozy's the victim. I understand that. that. That's the way it's been portrayed. All the YouTubers have band together to put out this information. And all the YouTubers, I think kind of what it boils down to is nobody wants to be held accountable for anything that they say. Nobody wants to be held accountable. Including BitBoy, who when he saw that Atosi had all of a sudden 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 in funds for his legal defense, realized, holy shit, they're going to mount a proper defense, get proper discovery and uncover all of his trades. And I don't think that he would survive that. I think that's why he dropped the lawsuit, if you're asking me. I think he's got a lot to hide. I think he's under investigation by the SEC. And I think after they go after the exchanges, they're going to go after some of these clowns. And that's why he's so nervous and fidgety. I'll take accountability. I think people should take accountability. I think this was bad research. I don't think this was malicious on his part, but certainly he sensationalized everything, which, look, we do clickbait. We sensationalize stuff. I, I get it. I understand. Okay. But the fact is, in this video, he says that one of my top viewed videos of all time, I think he's got 800,000 views on it, Hyper, Somi, and Ink Protocol. He says Ink Protocol rug pulled, which they didn't. Projects went down in value like everything else. Nothing scammy about that project. Uh, they had raised $18 million beforehand. Uh, there's a lot of research on Ink Protocol. So I was going to do well. It didn't do well. Okay. But he says that I did undisclosed sponsored videos with those projects. Do, do you guys understand what that means? That means that I'm lying. That means that he would be in trouble with the SEC. Do you see the pattern here? Remember, those letters went out to all these influencers Tell us about your compensation. And now we're to lawsuits to get that sort of thing stricken from the web. About what we're doing here at the channel. That means that I'm lying when I tell you a video is not sponsored, that I'm lying about that. Now, what are the implications? You guys ever heard of the SEC? Since the beginning mm -hmm. of this channel, I have always disclosed every single sponsored thing. And that's why I get attacked more than a lot of other people. Because... That is not what the people who watch the channel have said. I actually am transparent and I actually tell you everything that's sponsored. So now there's this big list of things people can go through that were sponsored. I have always taken it extremely serious because I understand there are implications down the road. If you do pump and ups, if you do sponsored videos that are not audibly <clears throat> or at least in the text, uh, you know, said they're sponsored, which... In the description only that you one time ever did we later? do a video that was only in the text. We 99.9% of the time, uh, and we addressed that as well, 99.9% of the time, we said it audibly on the video, including he said that the PAMP video was undisclosed. What kind of research is that? It's literally in the video. Literally in the video, it says, you know, thank you to PAMP for supporting the channel or sponsoring the video, whatever it said. But to imply that one of my videos had 800,000 views on it, was an undisclosed sponsorship that has serious SEC application and, impl uh, and implications down the road. 
Uh-huh. That's not right, guys. That that's not right. That that's not towards okay you like a freight train to, to accuse someone of something that could end them up, you know, having a federal lawsuit against them. And so I defend my reputation. I take my reputation extremely seriously. Federal charges. I, I do believe I'm probably the most misunderstood person in all of crypto. Yeah, I believe that's uh, true. That must be. I think it, anybody that knows boy. me, that works here, that has interactions with me, will tell you a lot of the stuff that I say is misconstrued. And you know what? It, it, it is what it is. But I, I do think that now he's looking down again. Um. You know, and look, earlier when I said all YouTubers, obviously there have been several YouTubers who made videos about this. They've banded together. That's great. You know, good. A lot of people brought this up. What What are the factual provable lies in there? Well, those are the factual. It was behind closed doors and it worked out great. And this I, I think other happy is, is do the right thing. But we haven't been perfect. We've never done anything with malicious intentions. I would never do anything to make a person lose money on this chain. I promise you that. We were wrong about some predictions, yada, yada, yada. We did some sponsored videos that turned out not to be the best decisions. Mm-hmm. But once again, you know, every time we research and we trust finally me, got to guys, where we said, it's just better trust for us me. to never do them again. And so we hope we can lead the charge in this space of that. I haven't where done maybe one day people don't, anything we have no problem with people at all unethical. As well because, you know, YouTubers come, they put 60 to 80 hours a week, a, a week sometimes into work. And the YouTube AdSense is not going to pay the bills. I tell you that much. Um, so you have to come up with more creative ways to, um, you know, to make money. So he, here's where we're at. Okay. Where we're at is at this point, it has become public. It's become uh, an absolute debacle. We know Kobe gave him $100,000. So, uh, you know, hopefully that money will go to good use. Uh, but yeah, so See we are going to drop lawsuit hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry this became public. I'm sorry that, uh, Touching this the ring, been, uh, you know, uh, the wedding ring true, for security I just want you guys to and safety. Why, why I was doing this. This was not about. This was not about a slapstick lawsuit. I know that's what everybody says, right? It's frivolous. It's not frivolous. When someone implies that you can be in trouble from the SEC, that is not frivolous, guys. That's a very, very, very serious, serious matter. And so from my perspective, trying to defend my reputation, trying to get him to remove the video that literally has wrong information in it, that was all I wanted. This wasn't supposed to get this far. No, but boy, the way you defend your reputation, you come out with the facts. And you don't seem willing to do that. You don't seem willing to talk about those. And you're taking actions to dispel the ones you can. I think this your your big plan here was to chalk up a quick win that you could wave in the face of the haters, just like you've been doing on social media all week here. FYI, I'm undefeated and don't plan on losing anytime soon. That was August 16th. And now it's everybody else. Well, people don't understand. Let me just quote you here. Losers point at others. Winners point at themselves. Uh, but yeah, so we are going to drop the lawsuit 100%. And uh, I'm sorry this became public. I'm sorry that uh, this has been, uh, you know, uh, misconstrued. But I just want you guys to understand. Not sorry that I'm suing. I'm sorry that the, that you guys found out about me. Wow, what an incredible apology. And why? Why I was doing this. This was not about this was not about a slapstick lawsuit. I know that's what everybody says, right? It's frivolous. It's not frivolous. When someone implies it's gonna be happening, um, but you know, I, I don't know what the timeline is. I, I don't know when we'll have an official, you know, it drop by the court. But I just want you guys to understand my perspective. I I, I think I, I'm sorry you've had to go through this and and removes the video because it's got it's or at least take the take that part out, please. 
Just you can go back, you can edit the wrong parts, you can remove them and keep them up. I'm not suing someone over their opinion. I'm not suing someone because they badmouth me. If I did that, I would have nonstop lawsuits going around the clock. This was one that we felt like was very, very damaging to us long term out of an absolute, I don't want to call it a lie because I, I don't think he was purposely lying, a lack of research or just reading a tweet and thinking that's what it was and he put it out. So um, there you go. What do we do now, TJ? We have yeah, a new layout. Hey, congratulations. We got a new layout. What a day yeah. to do it. You know, we're going to, we're going to get into the show. Humor. I think, yeah, I think you said it well. Long story short, it was never actually supposed to be a lawsuit. Like. You know, it's a cease and desist. We want him to take the video down. He clearly fought back very hard, doesn't want to take the video down, but it was never about right. actually getting into court. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was, it was all going on. But now that we've officially decided to uh, drop the suit, it, it is what it is. Now I can talk about it. I can so tell you everything we were again. thinking, and I can tell you exactly why we were we were doing it. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think if, if somebody watches this and and I see somebody in the comments saying, you're sorry it went public, what? You have to understand. Like I said, this was not supposed to be something that was out there for everybody. The whole intention was just trying to get them to remove the video or at least the parts of the video uh, that were incorrect. So, yes, that's why. That was always the goal. We weren't trying to break him financially. Um, all we were trying to do is, is get things out there that are true, and things that are not true, remove them. And I don't understand why anyone would push back against that. So, um, all right. So we'll go ahead and move on here. We'll uh, start with uh, Market Watch. Market Watch. Hmm. Yeah. So I think what's going on is he knows what he's done. He's trying to cover it up. And it's coming out one way or another. And this blew up in his face. So, speaking of which, here's Richard Hartwin. Sorry, not Hartwin, Hart Scheme. Will Hex reach $1,000? It could. I mean, Hex can do things that no one is going to understand. Mm -hmm. Hex could have a multi-trillion dollar market cap. And everyone mm -hmm. would yell, but you can't sell a trillion of it. And you're like, yep. Hex so, has okay, not done that. anywhere near as much as Bitcoin has done which okay. is why Bitcoin's Appreciate at the top that. of its S-curve and Hex hasn't started its yet. See, Hex is going to follow the same path. It can, it can have a trillion dollar market cap. It'd be fine. It can keep doubling forever, the supply. And I think so you it's so that Hex funny. Will go ahead and, hold on, you believe Hex is going to overtake Bitcoin? <clears throat> yes. Yes, I do. We're killing it. And everyone else is just watching with their jaw open, like how is this possible? And they mm -hmm. haven't seen anything yet. I know guys that have hundreds of millions of dollars that are trying to get more hacks right now and trying to get staked so that their stakes can be doubled for the PulseChain.com launch. And if those guys buy in, they're going to move the price up, man, a lot because they can't get that supply anywhere else. So if you thought, if you thought this new all-time high was a lot, you haven't seen anything yet. And that is the entire point of why he's all of a sudden decided he needs to go ahead and maintain a blockchain and the code base and all that, which he said in his launch video that he didn't want to do, that this is what made Hex so great, is it just sits on Ethereum, it's just a smart contract, creates inflation. Well, he calls it a return, but it's actually just inflation. And then he created this crazy T-Fuel system that incentivizes people to lock up their funds for six years. And, oh, by the way, all the Ethereum that they gave to get that hex in the first place, that went into an account that was selling 
over the last three years. And guess what? It's almost emptied, which is what's supporting the price of HEX right now. And so those people that locked up that value, what does this mean? Those people who locked up that value now won't be backstopped by anything. That means when they cash out, it has to come from somebody else who wants to buy in. And the thing just keeps growing and growing and growing and getting bigger. And more and more people are cashing out these unsustainable returns of 10, 20, 30%. And eventually the price is going to get hammered. And guess what? It didn't go up like he had hoped. But that's what Hex, that's what Pulse is all about, is to draw new money into Hex to keep that alive so that he can keep withdrawing it and cashing out and wearing ridiculous $3,600 outfits that I wouldn't pay 25 cents for at a garage sale and talking about how much his watch cost and how much, you know, all this stupid crap. Like, wow, who wouldn't want a boyfriend? Sounds like he'd be great that constantly tells you how much his outfit costs. I mean, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> He's just winning. They're going to move like the price up, man, a lot because they can't get that supply anywhere else. So if you thought, if you thought this new all time high was a lot, you haven't seen anything yet. We've doubled 11 times. We're almost to our 12th doubling now. And I don't see any reason that that doubling won't continue. It can just keep going forever, folks. It can just keep going forever. People can keep cashing out. Doesn't matter how much comes in. And see, here's the problem with this whole thing. It doesn't rest on utility, meaning it's not an actual CD like a traditional CD is a certificate of deposit. What do the banks do with that? Well, they tell you we're going to go loan it out. You know, we'll pay you 2%. We'll loan it out at 6 or 8% and we'll see the yield and make a little money and give you a little bit more back. Of course, they don't do that. They use it for reserve requirements for the overnight, which means they can leave more of their money gambling in the casino on the risky investments that offer them a return that they pay you out of. Hex doesn't do that, okay? Hex creates inflation. It creates new tokens, and you get more tokens of a diluted supply. That's not a return. The return comes when you go to return the financial instrument, the asset that you use, that you purchased as your investment vehicle and return it to what you bought in with, the Ethereum or the cash. But that's not guaranteed. That's a separate market. And he set up this system to where he's on equal footing with everybody else aside from, you know, whatever he was given for free, which... By the way, he justifies on his website, but doesn't tell you how much he took for himself, given how conservative he is with spending money and, you know, very humble. I'm sure it's a very small amount, probably just a few hundred thousand. Doesn't tell you how much that is. There's no utility driving hex. It's just inflation. And there is a continuing tsunami of exponentially increasing people trying to cash out. And when the Ethereum wallet runs dry, 
The only way that happens is when people are buying back in. That's why Pulse Chain. That's why he decided all of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to. Because without it, the market for Hex would collapse. And all that's going to do is kick the can down the road. But you know what? Most of the people locked up for six years and we're only three years into this. And so far it's been great for everyone and it's wonderful, right? And you know what? People will probably make money on Pulse, but you get to decide as a human being on this planet, who do you want to be? Do you want to make money at the expense of other people? by other people getting ripped off, getting sold a bill of goods that isn't true. Is that what you want to participate in? Is that how you're comfortable get making it in this world? It's a question for you guys to answer. People keep thinking that this can go to zero when the, the more likely thing looking at the chart is that it goes to a price that's so high that your brain can't understand it. Mm-hmm. When you, when you look at the hex price chart, it is pointed at a hundred dollars. It, it's actually like in six years, it's pointed at a million dollars a coin, which is insane because if you multiply the supply times that price, wow. I mean, you can it's higher than the gross domestic product of the you can get it for four cents right now. Planet. He's put himself in this role as the pie to Piper. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what he does. He sells this lifestyle. And, you know, I was interacting with some of the hexagons that they, as they call themselves earlier today. And like, they're, they're, they're so emotionally attached. It's just like when I was talking to the HYIP people that just couldn't be convinced that the HY, the high yield investment uh, program, which is basically anytime you get over a percentage a day, you know, roughly it's not sustainable and it collapses and it's just a Ponzi really kind of. It's not a Ponzi, it's a HYIP. And what Richard's done is gone and pulled all the best practices from all the scams and told you, well, this is definitely not a scam. In fact, it's going to take money from scams. And look, I got people to donate money in my name, so I'm going to claim that as uh, to prove that I'm such a good guy here. And he set up this system where he's selling into a secondary market that really doesn't have a lot as all that much to do with the HEX smart contract that's creating the inflation while most of the people have locked their value up for six years. But what does he care? He got all the tokens for free or a lot of them. Is he still buying in? No, he's desperately trying to cash out as much as he can without crashing the price. And when it fails, which I don't know that it will go to zero, but it might go down you know, to, to where we see something like 0. 0.0000 in front of the price of hex because so many people are trying to cash out and there's just not enough. You, you eventually all of these types of programs run out of new people. You can't get, there's not enough people on the planet to keep feeding money into it, to keep paying out the early investors. And that's when they crash. And it will bring the price of hex down to where it's not even worth redeeming. It will be like uh, Safe Moon or whatever that coin was that did the same thing. <laughs> Started just 
printing crazy supplies and drove the value into the ground. That's where Hex is ultimately going. Not saying that it won't do well in the meantime, but again, who do you want to be in this world? How do you want to get rich? What do you want to tell your kids? I screwed over some dumb people as an early investor and took their money and made it mine and left them with empty promises. It's for you to decide. Okay. Oh, by the way, BitBoy, here he is. Metaverse, I know Sandbox, I believe, is going to be the big, big winner. I mean, I... Sandbox, he's talking about VR, virtual land. I believe Sandbox is going to be the, the number one metaverse. Um, if you think it of who, who, it's, who it's targeted at, the younger audience, that's who's going to kind of grow up into this metaverse. I know people in their 20s that love playing Roblox and Minecraft and stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of the, the look that Sandbox goes for. Not even to mention all the partnerships, Snoop Dogg, Adidas, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club, Binance Coin, um, BitBoy Crypto. So many big plots of land there. The Walking Dead, I think Smurfs, My Little Pony, everything you can imagine is over there. So um, I think Sandbox is the big winner. I think it's going to continue to move. Starting off, I mean, Sandbox, I believe. This was January 18th of 2022. That is, oh, looks like about right there where the price was 33.45 Ethereum. Uh, or sorry, 3.45 Ethereum. What is it now for land, for a plot? Oh, it's down here at 1.25 Ethereum. And the price of Ethereum has declined quite a bit as well. He knows how to pick them, folks. Speaking of ridiculous things said about cryptos uh here's digital perspectives saying so twice now last night 342 trillion and again today 352 trillion xrp payment ledger volume a little help would be appreciated question mark are we dealing with a glitch or the global debt on the xrpl <laughs> there's kind of a big difference is why i'm asking and he's pointing to XRP charts. There is a ledger payment volume of 352 trillion, <coughs> 342 trillion. And I simply pointed out, uh, I mean, you're only like four years into this, Brad, covering XRP at this point. Wouldn't it be worthwhile if you learned about issuances on the XRPL and how they can be used to spoof payment volume? Because as a user, if I want to go in and create a coin with a supply of 100 trillion units, okay? And then I trade one XRP for one of those units on the DEX in the XRPL, all of a sudden a value has been assigned. <coughs> and now I can take that full 100 trillion and I can slosh it back and forth between wallets for a fraction of a penny and... I can drive up trillions of dollars if I want to. He should know this. We've been through this multiple times. It's been explained multiple times. So why is he pushing this narrative? Is it because he wants clicks and more views? 
and subscribers and Patreons and whatever else? Is it really incompetence or is this what Alex Jones was doing? By pushing the 50% population reduction when he knew it wasn't true. If he verified the transcripts like he said. Because this seems to be a pattern amongst these influencers. They want to sell you guys a load of bullshit. And so, and I'm not just talking about Brad here, but so many of people would rather hear about the 5G nanobots, microchips and the vaccine and on and on in excruciating detail, even though it's complete and utter bullshit, much of it. These people aren't doing proper science. They're not using the proper equipment. It doesn't make sense what we're seeing versus what they're trying to portray it as. But they push it anyway because it generates a lot of clicks, a lot of views and donations. And the people who actually push the science, they don't get invited on those other exciting shows that talk about the conspiracy. And they don't get the views because they're not pushing the microchip 5G narrative that so many people want to cling to because they want to know the inside, the real, what's really going on, even if it's not true, as it's been proven to be not true over and over and over again. So at some point, hopefully, you know, people will stop getting suckered for things like this and gravitate towards people who actually know what they're talking about, like Nick B here, who's saying you're almost certainly dealing with someone mindlessly multiplying things and arriving at a nonsensical number. How does this happen? Someone issues a quadrillion worthless tokens and places an offer to sell one of them for, say, a dollar, setting the price. Exactly. That's all that is. And we've seen again and again, you know, remember all the wash trading between the issuances that was trying to, that was bringing up the transaction volume before swell. And that was a scamming crew trying to, you know, create some hype to pump and dump the price of XRP before the, the swell, the big conference that they were selling into. So anyway, all right. One more here. I really like what this Australian uh, guy has to say. I just want you to listen to it. Due to the scale of the rollout, it now appears tens of thousands of practitioners and hold have on, repeatedly performed medical treatments. Due to the scale of the rollout, it now appears tens of thousands of practitioners have repeatedly performed medical treatments, properly termed gross Oof. medical and or professional negligence. With respect to patients receiving the COVID-19 injectables, where each practitioner has no immunity from government whatsoever. So these practitioners are therefore personally and professionally liable <clears throat> to actions for medical negligence. From their patients receiving COVID-19 injectables, particularly those patients who subsequently died or suffered adverse side effects from the COVID-19 injectables. Additionally, due to the illegal nature of the AFRA and National Board's joint statement, it does also appear that the public officers of APRA and the National Board's responsible for the creation and publication 
of the 9 March 2021 statement are now legally exposed to the action of misfeasance in public office. As the harm to COVID-19 COVID vaccine victims was foreseeable in terms of these still remaining experimental gene-based therapies, these vaccine victims and future victims who later develop vaccine-related injuries and illnesses can sue the public offices of APRA and the national boards in their personal capacity. A further liability in the same public offices appears available to those registered practitioners who improperly administered the COVID-19 injectables in breach of their codes of conduct. Should those health practitioners subsequently be sued by their patients and they have to pay damages to their patients, then those health practitioners may in turn be able to sue the public offices of APRA and the national boards for coercing and threatening them to ignore their codes of conduct. Such a legal action, again, would be the tort of misfeasance in public office. There we go. So I don't know, you know, he's talking to some of the Australian lawmakers. I recognize a few of them. Is he right? I don't think it really matters if he is or not. The simple fact is, if these people are not held accountable, what they're saying is they want people jumping in the elevator with them next time and beating the shit out of them as it goes up to the floor. Because, or, you know, if you've seen some of the politicians, their cars are getting attacked. They're, they're having to flee left and right. They're constantly getting confronted. And the reason that's happening is because justice, because these people are failing us. They failed us. They allowed this to happen. And that's another point about the whole PPP loans. People are going to say, well, they're justified in taking those. No, I'm sorry. Their job was to protect us from that bullshit in the first place. They failed. And instead of admitting failure, they came with their handout for free money at the expense of a small business who actually needed it. It is absolutely disgraceful what these politicians have done what they've allowed, what these doctors have allowed. This whole system is corrupt. It does not deserve to exist. And I think a lot of these organizations are going to absolutely crumble under the stress and the die of the die-off of all of these people being sick and disabled. And it's just accelerating and accelerating, and we still have people like Debunk the Funk denying it. I showed him the Ontario doctors were up to 14 now in the last year that have died suddenly, some with cancer, long-term cancer and so forth, but a lot of them just dropping dead of strokes. And his response is, well, here's one example from 2017 of a healthy doctor that died. Okay, show me three in the same week. Can you do that? Because that's a statistical kind of issue if you can only find one and you're telling me that this is normal. And it just, it doesn't matter because he's in the 20% going down with the ship and he's going to be gaslit into his grave, just like the other doctor that we, oh, that we saw earlier this week. Hold on. Let me, um, see if I can find it. Of course, this is very interesting to me. 
here's one of the one of the mask wearers. He's he's got it looks like a lunch meat container on his face, but that's his mask. And now they all walk around with these CO2 meters so that anytime the number goes up on the CO2 meter, they start to panic because that means the COVID is highly infectious because the CO2 is higher. We're all going to die. So they're keeping them. They've now found a new way to keep themselves in constant fear, watching the monitor, looking for too high of a number. We can't let CO2 get too high. It's dangerous. It's it's sad. It's really sad, these people. Of course, here was the doctor, Kaysen King, postdoctoral fellow at the University of Wisconsin-Madison Molecular Vi- Virology. So an absol- actual virologist, studies influenza viruses, studies the human adenoviruses in Canada. And he died suddenly. This is literally one of Debunk the Funk's peers. The guy looks incredibly healthy. And he's one of a half dozen in the last few months that have died this way. And they still want to go on pretending that nothing's wrong. And this is all fine. This is all fine. Even though we had the warning sign, remember this from last year. This is so Deborah many Conrad. of my patients that are in remission are just, their cancer's coming back like overnight. And one- He claims cancer can't come back that fast, but I'm like, well, no, you, when you disable all of these functions, it sure does. And that's actually what we're seeing. It's what we've been seeing. It's what we're continuing to see. And it's what the CDC has stopped reporting to make it look like everything's fine. One of the doctors I was talking to said, and I just started finally asking, wait a minute, did you get the vaccination? And now they're starting to ask, did you get the vaccination? Because it's throwing all their numbers off. It's making them look bad, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all these cases popping up. So one of the things that I, I noticed you said is you said you saw sort of a rise in cancer patients. Yes. Um, what was it that triggered that? Like how bad, I mean, bad enough you could tell? Very much so. Actually, uh, one of the one of the early patients that I uh, reported on was uh, was somebody that whose cancer came back in, from remission and, and, and rapidly killed the individual. I mean, she, it, it, was, it was kind of crazy. They, they I don't know, the, the cancer was in remission, going about your life, and then all of a sudden, wham, it's back, and it's back with a vengeance to the point they couldn't get the patient on treatment quick enough, and it killed the patient. And that's happened quite a few times. Really? Um, it, very noticeable. And not just myself, but even by our oncology Colleagues, I actually okay. called um, one of our oncologists about this particular patient, and 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 he agreed. Wow, this could really be possibly related. And it was very early in the VARES reporting and very early in this recognition. Mm-hmm. And since that time, that's unfortunately a very common thing we see. We're also seeing new cancers come out of nowhere. Extremely rare. Uh, very weird things. Um, Again, that, I haven't seen that this in my 20, 30 year career. That we can't that get often. biopsied before they kill the patient. Wow. I mean, they, they just progress so rapidly. You can't even get these patients a biopsy to find out what kind of cancer it was. Uh, so so the, the families are left with either an autopsy to determine what cancer it was or a just unknown. Wow. Yeah. And that was like a year ago, at least six months ago. I think we're coming up on a year that that was recorded. That's Deborah Conrad. She was a hospital administrator in a rural hospital 
you know, medium-sized rural hospital. And of course, I talked about GI issues being something that's coming up. I had one of the listeners of the show, his customer was a GI specialist doctor, and he said they're seeing a 10x increase in uh, patients having GI issues, coming to see him, setting up appointments. They're booked just like the cancer doctors are because this disease is progressing in these people that have gotten this treatment. And again, we're in the we're all in the same boat, folks. And they're about to start pushing out bivariant vaccines that are going to cause new and unusual mutations that will become potentially more deadly, will make the rounds again, make us all sick, expose us all to spike again. And every time it has this debilitating effect on our body to where people get it and they're not quite back to where they were before. They're just a little bit degraded and then a little bit more and a little bit more. And with each of these exposures, we're risking autoimmune disease. These shots have to stop. These politicians are trying to kill us with their policies. They are pushing this carbon neutral, zero emissions, non-climate change bullshit. There's already the Great Barrington Declaration for climate change saying, no, it's crap. And that's going to be proven true. The question is, how many people have to starve this winter before we acknowledge it? So, all right, there you go. That's all I want to rant about for now. If there's anybody on Spaces that wants to jump in, uh, request the mic quickly. And I'll look here through Rumble, I think. Yeah, I wish I could resize this. It would be so great. Sorry, I didn't broadcast on Twitch, uh, on Twitter. Um, something went wrong with the stream and it is what it is. All right, you guys are quiet. Well then, we will wrap up there. Um, folks, these governments aren't going to solve our problems. They're just not. They're going to continue exploiting us. They don't even think of themselves as exploiting us, but that's exactly what they're doing. And they will just keep taking and taking while they misdirect and gaslight people on both sides. The Republicans are doing it. I showed you that. The guy getting money was the one misrepresenting the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago. The Democrats are doing it with, oh, well, if you don't support this big uh, multi-billion dollar giveaway to the banks and to the black colleges and to the poor students that are getting free money that are all going to start voting for us and supporting us now, then it's because you're a racist. Like that's the mentality that we've moved into here. And it's, it's absurd. It has to stop. We have to stand up just like they did to that sheriff and say, no, we're not going along with this anymore. And, uh, I don't know. We're in for some, tough times moving forward. We, we really are. People do not understand the freight train that is heading down the tunnel. They just have no idea what's coming. And I think we're getting closer than we've ever been to the wheels coming off the cart to where they can't kick the can down the road. We go through 
what Venezuela did and some of these other countries where there's just no food. It was four years in Venezuela. I watched a, a YouTube video about it where all the stores just really didn't have anything for four years. And people were stoning cows in the pasture and going, cutting meat off and running away because they were starving to death. That's where we could be heading. So take this seriously, prepare, and uh, hope for the best is really all I can say. You know, I think so much is baked in the cake at this point, and it's just, it's going to happen. We can't save the whole world. But uh, make the difference you can and to the lifeboats people. All right. I'm Sam. I am. We'll catch you all next broadcast. Thanks, everybody.